You might be thinking about giving thanks this week, but how's your overall attitude about gratitude? Stick around, because that's today's topic. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 116. Produced by Innovate Learning, Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communication, human relations, and personal productivity. The people side of business, the people side of organizations, and just the people side of interacting in general to influence others. And this week, an important topic about people cultivating the attitude of gratitude that so many of us recognize as important to have in our personal lives, to have in our organizations, and yet so many of us struggle with it. I know I do. And this is something that is a natural topic for a lot of us this time of the year because it is the holiday season. And in many, many parts of the world, regardless of what faith tradition you're a part of or with a culture, many, many cultures and faith traditions are celebrating the holidays and it's the holiday spirit And we're thinking about the things we're grateful for, and particularly this week here in the United States. It is Thanksgiving week. It is the time of year that we stand back and do some thinking on the things that we are thankful for. And there have been many, many shows and articles over the years on how to be thankful. And all those things are important, but even more important than that is how do we generally cultivate an attitude of gratitude, not just this week, but every this whole season this whole uh this whole time of the year and most importantly of course being the kind of person that does that any day of the year now before we start and talk about cultivating an attitude of gratitude i should mention that uh, i've done a podcast previously almost two years ago on giving positive feedback to others And this show is not going to be that. So if that is something that you would like some help on and some direction on how to give positive feedback to others in a way that's genuine and concise and doesn't sound um, contrived or doesn't sound like you're brown-nosing someone, I would really encourage you to check out podcast number nine. You can get there by going to coachingforleaders.com slash nine, and that'll take you to that show and the show notes. There's a three-step process I talk taught in that podcast that'll be helpful to you if you're looking to give positive feedback to others. And a lot of people are looking for that this time of the year. But this week's topic, a little bit more broad. So five things that I think we can all do that will help us to cultivate more of an attitude of gratitude. And the very first one is a lesson that I learned from Dale Carnegie. And my friends at Dale Carnegie have been wonderful teachers here. And of course, Dale Carnegie himself and many of his writings talked about this very important principle of don't criticize, condemn, or complain. In fact, it was the very first principle that Dale Carnegie wrote about in his landmark, best-selling, still best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he wrote about this first, and in fact, it's one of the few things that Dale Carnegie teaches people not to do, because if we have a personality and a communication style where we tend to complain a lot, we are going to put up barriers between ourselves and so many other people before we even have a chance to do something else. And so, you know, the 
the, the I think one of the most destructive human emotions is the uh, the, the the vengeance that we take, the criticism. And the most positive one, one of the most positive ones, is gratitude. And so they seemingly are very different, but very much related because if we can reduce the amount of complaining we do, we can increase the space that we all have to bring more gratitude into our lives. And by virtue of that, bringing more gratitude into our organizations and to the world. And you know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, that I'm a big believer in looking at ourselves first. And today's show is very much about that. So the starting point is to stop the complaining. And so that might seem like a pretty broad goal, but here's one place specifically to apply that. This is the time of year when we tend to like to say nice things about people. It's the end of the year. We get performance reviews. People get bonuses. Uh, People write thank you cards. People send holiday letters. There is a lot of opportunity to hear good things, perhaps more so than other parts of the year. And so one place that we can stop the complaining is to really learn to receive praise well. So here's what I mean by that. Imagine that you have wanted to give someone some positive praise or reinforcement for something that they've done. And let's say that you Uh, do a wonderful job of giving them that praise, that feedback, that positive reinforcement. And what they say back to you is, well, you know what? It's just, it was just that one time that I did that. I'm, I'm, I'm not really that kind of a person that would normally do that. Or, oh, you know, just this, just that one thing. Oh, it wasn't a big deal. You know, I, I just, you know, or, oh, no, 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 I didn't. I'm really not that good with customers. I'm really not that good as a manager. It's just, you know, I, I just, I'm just doing my job. That, when I hear that, and I've done it before too, I've done it before too, but when I hear that, it, it tells me that that person isn't appreciating that positive feedback, that gratitude that I'm giving them. And so one thing that we can do immediately to set a different tone in our families and organizations and the people we lead is learn how to receive praise well. So that means when somebody comes to us and says something positive, that we avoid doing a few things. One is we don't discount it. So we don't say, well, it was just that one time, or you know, you didn't see this other situation, or well, it wasn't really a big deal. We don't discount what the person has said, because essentially what I'm saying is you're wrong. I don't believe you. I don't think that you're right about what the conclusion you've drawn. And that's not the kind of message that we want to send to people when they're trying to compliment us. So don't discount it. Secondly, don't argue with it. Uh, We don't want to create that animosity when someone's trying to genuinely uh, be grateful for something that we've done. Don't argue with it because then we're creating that you know if if the message that we send people when they're trying to give us positive reinforcement or be thankful for us or something we've done is that we create an argument what incentive would that person have to say anything positive about us again very little and i see this happen in organizations of clients i've worked with over the years where there's uh when something positive is attempted to be done where the reaction is unintentionally negative and then it just keeps anyone from saying anything positive ever again. And then the third thing is don't ignore it. So someone gives 
a positive piece of feedback, don't just move on to another subject or change the topic or go to the next agenda item in your one-on-one meeting or whatever it is. Here's the thing to do is to say thank you. Just those two words, just say thank you. That is one great way that you can start to bring that attitude of gratitude in yourself and to appreciate the praise that others have given you. Acknowledge that you are worthy of getting praise. Now, I know that for some of us, we don't believe that. And if you're a person that doesn't believe that you're worthy of praise, then here would be my challenge to you in the coming week, the coming weeks, the next time you hear something like this, is if you don't think you are, just give it a try. Just try it out a couple of times. Don't discount, don't argue, and don't ignore. Just say thank you and leave it at that. Just those two words, thank you. And if you don't think you can do that, just try it once. Actually give it twice. Try it at least a couple of times. And if you find that it's not working for you, you can go back to being negative after you try it out. But try it a couple of times. And if you discipline yourself just to say thank you, not only are you doing it for your own attitude, but you are teaching the other people around you that it is safe to tell people that you're grateful for them. It's safe to tell people that you care about them. It's safe to appreciate people. And that's a lot more important and valuable, something that I can do as a leader, than having people say what they're grateful for of going around a table on one day of a year at Thanksgiving. That's great to do too, don't get me wrong. But creating the kind of attitude of gratitude in the organization or the family, if we can do that well by setting the example, ah, that's great. The second thing we can do to cultivate the attitude of gratitude is to remember some dark days. Now, this may seem counterintuitive on its face because after all, when we think about things that we should be grateful for and things that we think about on a holiday like Thanksgiving or this time of the year, a lot of times we think about first, well, what's going great? What's, what's happening wonderfully in our lives? And of course we should. It's only natural that we should think of those things. Often I find that the things that I am most grateful for in addition to those are things that at points in my life were also very dark days. And so two examples that are true for me is about five, six, seven years ago, I may have mentioned this on the show before, and forgive me if I have, and this is a repeat, I went through some health challenges and um, I uh, woke up one day literally, or it was afternoon, I don't remember when it exactly started, and uh, all of a sudden I was getting a lot of tingling in my, my head and face, and it gradually got worse, and it got to the point over a few weeks and months where... Um, one weekend, my entire left side of my face started uh, losing feeling, and I had all kinds of tingling in my arm and my legs. And anyway, long story short, I went to had a whole bunch, I had several MRIs, saw numbers of doctors, specialists. Nobody could track it down for a long time, they thought. And in fact, I even had an initial diagnosis at one point of having multiple sclerosis and uh, all kinds of things when you realize that you may have a debilitating disease or illness, 
all kinds of things take over in your mind and, and it just becomes all consuming of worrying about what's happening to your body and what you can't do and how you can't sleep. And those of you who have been in those moments and those of you who are in those moments right now or have loved ones who are walking that path right now know exactly what I mean and how how absolutely captivating and all the ways you don't want to be captivated by something that can become. Um, now, it turned out that it was nothing. It was a posture thing and you know a bad mattress and a whole bunch of other things that, uh, that weren't good have since been corrected. And it turned out I didn't have any kind of debilitating illness or, or condition. And so as I look back on that incident now, though, I realized that prior to that happening, I had very little appreciation for my health. I was always happy to be healthy, but I never knew anything differently. I grew up, I was a fairly healthy person. I never had any major illnesses, you know, other than the normal, you know, everyday stuff, colds and flu and all that. But after going through that experience, I have so much more appreciation of what it means to get a good night's sleep now. I have so much more appreciation of what it means to be healthy and what it means to have a body that's working. And... I say that because that appreciation came out of those dark days. So when I think about things I'm grateful for, I think about all the positive things, but I also think back to some of those dark days. And it was, it was about six months to a year that I struggled with that and was seeing doctors and specialists. And I think now of how um, that gave me such an appreciation and such wonderful perspective now for my health and for the health of others. And it's also given me so much more perspective and appreciation and frankly, care for others that I know who are going through challenges in medical situations and health with friends and family members. And so I'm very grateful for that. And the other thing I'm grateful for is I'm so grateful for our family and I'm so grateful for my son, Luke. And one of the reasons I'm very grateful for that is because Bonnie and I went through some very dark times with infertility for many, many years. And, you know, five, six years, we went through IVF many times. Those of you who have been, been through that or know family members, you know what a difficult process that is. We went through a number of times and literally did not think we'd ever be able to have kids, at least not biologically. And, and it was a very, very difficult time. And it was literally our last attempt at doing it. And it worked. And Luke showed up in our lives and we waited so long for him to come. And then when he was here... Every day, I just think how grateful I am for that little boy. Oh, every day, literally, I think about how just incredibly grateful I am and how life is so full and wonderful with him. And, and now thinking about our new daughter showing up here in a couple of months. And I know that part of the reason that I'm so grateful for him and for her here coming up is because it was such a difficult road. And I know what it's like to want to have kids and to not be able to. And my heart goes out to so many of the people that we know that are still struggling with infertility and wanting to have kids and wanting to have children and not being able to. And being thinking about that certainly doesn't make those dark days, <laughs> that time having been any better. And let me tell you, if I could skip it, <laughs> If I could go back and us have skipped that time of going through that, I, I certainly would have taken that. At the same time, I'm very grateful for that time because it has provided me the perspective to be incredibly, incredibly grateful 
for the family that we have. And one of the exercises that I have done before when I teach classes on organizational behavior and change and conflict is often, as you may imagine, when I begin a class like that, is I have people look at themselves first. And we'll often do an exercise the first night of a class on organizational behavior, organizational design, conflict, of having people really look at themselves. And I have people actually draw out a lifeline. And I do an example one on the board just so people have some frame of reference of what I'm talking about. And there's two axes on the lifeline. On the bottom axis, the Y is it the X axis? Uh, X axis. Sorry for all you engineers out there. Uh, the X axis is on the bottom. I had to delve back to my math there for a second. X axis is on the bottom is time, and the Y axis is clarity. And I ask people to draw a lifeline of their life as time went on from from early childhood to present day. Of what does how much clarity have you had in your life? At what times did you feel things were really clear, and at what times did you feel that things were not so clear. And uh, it's a really powerful exercise because as people do it, and I get them into partners, and often we'll have a dialogue for a couple of hours as a group about what we discovered during that process. And then we talk about life transitions and change. And that's a beginning point for people to begin to put their heads around what does it mean to not just change yourself, but to change an organization. But we'll go through that lifeline exercise and Sometimes the more difficult times in people's lives are the times that do provide a lot of clarity. And going back and looking at some of the darker days can provide that perspective and that clarity that can, and I find many times that people will say, you know, if I, if I, it wasn't necessarily the way I would have wanted to have happened, but now I see how much I learned from that experience and I'm grateful for that perspective. One caveat to this is that I know there are people in this listening audience who have lost spouses, who have lost children. And if that's you, uh, know that my heart goes out to you and, and that going back and remembering those dark days may be very, very difficult and, and it may not be something that you choose to do. So I don't mean to say by any means that anything in our lives, you know, because they were dark days, that means it was a positive thing or that, you know, that happened for a reason. There are some things, I think, in every one of our lives, dark things that happen that there is no reason for. All I say is that out of the darkness can come the perspective for what we do still have. And in that perspective for what we do still have can come the perspective and the gratitude for the type of attitude that we want to bring into our lives and into our work. Here's the third thing. Be intentional about making gratitude a regular practice. And there's so many wonderful, wonderful examples of this. Uh, You see actually a lot on the internet and uh, lots of ideas on how to do this. There's apps and software that people write gratitude journals. I think there's some really amazing things that people do online in order to create a regular practice of this. And I'm actually going to be doing that this coming week. But let me mention, first of all, uh, one example of this. Bonnie, who's been on the show many times, many of you have heard Bonnie speak, writes a post every day, every November on Facebook about something that she's grateful for. And she's done this now for, oh gosh, two or three or four years, I guess, uh, at least two, three or four years. 
And every day on Facebook, she posts something for all the people she's connected. She has a whole bunch of friends on Facebook, a lot more than me. And post something she's grateful for. And sometimes it's something really very simple. And sometimes it's a long post. But each day, she sits down and spends time thinking about something she's grateful for in the month of November. And that that attitude, that practice gets her focused on what she's grateful for. And I really do just see her get so into it, so inspired by it, and just see her attitude when she's doing it. It's just such a positive and neat thing to watch. And it really gets her thinking and and helps get me thinking too of having more get-tos than got-tos. And I have a mentor who hopefully have on the show at some point um, who said, you know, the secret of life and happiness is having more get-tos than got-tos. Not to be talking about what I've got to do, but what it is that I get to do every day. And so one of the things I'm going to be doing this week is I'm going to be doing something called a week of gratitude. Uh, Each uh, day this week, uh, I'm going to actually post several times on my Twitter feed things that I'm grateful for. So I don't want to inundate those of you who follow on Facebook or LinkedIn or some of those other networks with tons of things in the feed. But uh, for those of you who use Twitter, you know, it's kind of more of a informal social network. So if you'd like to follow, I'm going to use the hashtag week of gratitude. And I'm going to be identifying things all this week that are things that I, you know, when I think of gratitude are things that I think of in my life and in my work. And so um, I hope you'll, uh, you'll listen in and I hope you'll also participate in that as well, if that's something you'd like to do. But whatever you do, be intentional about making gratitude a regular practice. Maybe it means saying something at the breakfast table each morning. Maybe it means taking a moment in your staff meeting each week to say something good that happened and to think about some good news or to think about something that you're grateful for as an organization. Maybe it's posting something online like I'll be doing this week. Whatever it is, be intentional about making gratitude a regular practice. And the more you do that, the more you'll find that it brings some really neat, positive benefits into your life. Number four, what can I do to help someone today? You know, I think all of us know somebody that needs some help or needs some inspiration. And I I do tons of nice things for people all the time, but most of them are just intentions in my mind. (laughs) They don't ever happen in actual practice. Too often I think about it only, and I don't actually do it. That old phrase, the smallest act is worth more than the grandest intention, is something that comes back to me often, and I realize how poor a job I do of taking the intentions that get into my mind and actually putting them into action. And so action and doing something to help someone today or tomorrow is a great way to bring gratitude into a regular practice into your life or into your work. And I was reminded this just recently with a client. I had sent uh, someone that I work with a just a small book, not not a uh, just a small gift uh, to you know thank them for their work with me, and it was just kind of a a little thing to give them some more value and some more resources about some of the things we were talking about. And he was so kind to uh, call back a few days later after he'd received the the uh, gift, and just he said, "Thank you so much for that. I I you know I just rarely receive anything. I just never I don't get gifts, and it really meant a lot to me that you would send a gift, and it was such a good reminder for me because I I almost had done it as a very passing thought. I hadn't really given much thought to it at all. In fact, I had forgotten that I had sent the gift. 
And yet that small action made such a uh, such an impression on that person that I thought to myself, what a shame it is that I don't spend more time taking actions on the things that I think of. And so my challenge for you would be to find somebody that you can help today and or this week or whenever it is in the near future and to take some action, take that good intention you've had in your mind for a couple of weeks. If I meant to send this person a thank you note, I've meant to write that person a letter. I've meant to thank them for that great job they did with that client three weeks ago. And I just haven't thought to do it. Take the five minutes today and go make it happen. Fifth and final point, look to those who are great examples of gratitude. Look to those people for inspiration. And I've been thinking about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood this week. Those of you who grew up here in North America will probably remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the television show for kids. I've been thinking about it for a few reasons. One, Luke just watched Sesame Street for the first time this week. Um, and so I've been thinking about children's TV, but I also was thinking about it because I taught Luke this week how to rub noses. <laughs> so uh, we rub noses together, and there was this character on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in the make-believe land um, of the neighborhood where at the end of the show you would, it was Daniel Striped Tiger. And Daniel Striped Tiger had this little thing he would do with, he'd rub noses with one of the other characters, and he'd always go mugga mugga. And so I've been teaching Luke that this week. We go mugga mugga and he'll rub noses. And now he's doing it with, uh, with, with me and Bonnie. And when I say mugga mugga, he'll come up and rub noses. And so I've been thinking about Mr. Rogers this week. And I was thinking about, you know, if you don't know who Mr. Rogers is, he was this amazing, uh, kind, gentle man who for a number of decades had this amazing children's television show where he taught kids, gave kids love and confidence in themselves. And if you've never seen an episode, you got to look it up and go watch an episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But the reason I mention him is because in 1997, uh, he, Mr. Rogers, of course, uh, passed away about 10 years ago. But in 1997, the folks who do the Emmy Awards decided to award Mr. Rogers a lifetime Emmy for lifetime achievement. And that night, in that huge awards banquet, Mr. Rogers got up when his name was called to a room full of people who many of him had watched Mr. Rogers as kids themselves and gave Mr. Rogers a standing ovation as he came to the front of that auditorium and received an Emmy Award for Lifetime Achievement. And he then looked at the crowd, stepped in front of the microphone, and said this. So many people have helped me to come here to this night. Some of you are here. Some are far away, and some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us to being. Would you take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have cared about you 
and wanted what was best in your life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. Whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. That was the late Mr. Rogers in 1997 accepting his Emmy. May we all have that kind of gratitude and that kind of attitude that he had. I hope this perspective was helpful to you today. I'd love to hear your feedback, comments, questions, feedback you have for me. The best way to do that is go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And I'd love to hear what you may do to cultivate that attitude of gratitude. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can do that at coachingforleaders.com slash 116. That'll take you to the show notes for this episode. And of course, you can also call in feedback to 94938LEARN. I mentioned I'm going to be doing this Week of Gratitude on Twitter this week, so you can use the hashtag Week of Gratitude if you want to join me. If you don't know what a hashtag is or what Twitter is, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, Just drop a comment on the show notes. I'd love to hear from you that way. Uh, But if you're a Twitter user, feel free to jump in there. The best way to connect with me on Twitter is just go to coachingforleaders.com slash Twitter. That'll take you right to my page. Speaking of having the right attitude, I hope I can indulge you to have the right attitude with me for just a moment. And please accept my apologies for those of you who get my weekly updates each week for what happened last Thursday night. I switched to a very uh, to a new email provider for to manage my weekly updates uh, with the hope that it will be a better experience going forward, that I'll be able to do more with the weekly updates and emails, and it is going to be great. And I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. Uh, I thought I had set it up correctly where I was not going to email everyone the welcome email that you get when you get onto the uh, the weekly updates the first time. But when I imported the list and made the changes, uh, sure enough, it was about it was 5.58 or 5.59 Thursday evening. I remember because I needed to be hanging out with Luke right at six o'clock. And I was just about to turn off my computer and I looked up and it said, all your emails have been sent to your entire list. And I was like, no. So I'm so sorry for those of you who got that email last Thursday on my list. I'm just a big believer in not sending people emails they haven't asked for. So please accept my apologies. That's a one-time mistake. And uh, you will still get the weekly updates every Wednesday if you've been receiving them. But here's the thing now is the weekly updates. One of the great things that's going to come out of me moving to this new service is the weekly update is going to be a lot better. And so here's what I mean by that. First of all, the graphics are going to be better. So it's going to look a lot better starting this Wednesday. Secondly, it's going to have the added benefit now, in addition to the article that I write each week, if you scroll down in that email, you're still just going to get one email a week. It'll still be on Wednesdays. But rather than it just being the article, if you go to the bottom of the email, you're now also going to see the notes for the podcast that aired two days prior to that on Monday. So you'll see the notes for this show. Uh, one of the things that I would love to have, and this email service provides the functionality to do it, when I listen to shows, I, you know, oftentimes I want to get the notes, but 
I'm usually like many of you on the road or out running or doing something else when I'm listening to a podcast. And so for those of you who are on the weekly updates, you'll now get that as part of the email. It'll be at the bottom there, the links, everything I talk about in the shows as well, and also some great ways for you to comment and join the conversation too. So I hope that you enjoy that. And if you find that uh, that's a value, let me know. If you don't like the new format, I'd really want to hear that as well too. So please do uh, drop me a line and let me know either way. And if you don't already get the weekly updates, coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. One email per week on Wednesdays is what you'll get. So my weekly article, uh, sometimes a couple of other things too in that message. And of course, now the show notes for each episode. So definitely check that out. Hey, one other final thing I should mention before signing off here this week, uh, you know, lots of fun, good topics coming up. I think in the next month, you know, it is getting into the end of the year. It's the time that a lot of organizations are thinking about doing performance reviews, planning for the new year, um, you know, doing a lot of thinking on strategy. So I've got a bunch of great show topics coming up in the next few weeks. And, uh, and, and I think it'll be things that'll be of real value to you as a leader of not only being more effective yourself, but being able to be more effective to uh, provide value to your organizations. But let me take a moment here and just say something about the holiday season. You know, I've talked a little bit about that this episode already. And, you know, it is the Thanksgiving week here in the States. It's closely going into the holiday season here. And it's a time for many of us that's a time filled with a lot of joy, a lot of celebration, a lot of thinking about all of the holiday traditions that so many of us have in our families, in our organizations, in, uh, in, in, in you know, volunteer groups, in our religious organizations for many of us. And it is also, at the same time, a time of pain. You know, I had a pastor uh, several years ago. Bonnie and I went to a, another church we, we don't go to anymore. But um, one of the things I always appreciated about that pastor is that when, uh, when Mother's Day would come around or Father's Day would come around, uh, you know, that the church would celebrate it like any other church does. But one of the things the pastor would always say is, remember that for some people, Mother's Day is not a good holiday. Father's Day is not a good holiday. Not everybody had a great relationship with a mother. Not everybody had a great relationship with a father. Some people didn't have mothers and fathers at all. So I always think about that as well at the holiday season. Because remember, there are people out there who are struggling too. Some of them you manage. Some of them are your peers. Even some are those who manage you. Or maybe it's you this year for any number of reasons. Maybe the holidays brings back memories of things that weren't so good from childhood. And perhaps the holidays brings memories this year of someone that's no longer with us. There's many reasons that it's a difficult time for some people. Here's what I know for sure. Is for sure, you and me, we all have the opportunity to bring gratitude into people's lives. And if we can do that, that'll make a big difference. The power of a kind word, of a kind action, and sometimes just to be present with someone and to take a moment to care. 
don't worry too much about trying to go and seek those people out to help them. Some of them are right in front of you. Thank you to Sharice Calero, Ronnie Sidhu, Jamie Sosa, Stephanie G, Timothy Goodman, Orwan Salaire, and Albin Manamarian, who've subscribed to the weekly update this week, which I mentioned is going to be even better going forward. I do publish the update each Wednesday that will give you a booster shot between shows on how to lead better, give you some actionable advice to improve your communication, human relations, or personal productivity. Plus, now the notes from the show. If you'd like to get that in your inbox, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And you also get instant access to my video overview. And there's a downloadable guide on the 10 leadership books that will help you to get better results from others, which everyone got again this week. So hope it was helpful to you as a good reminder. Hey, for those of you here in the States, happy Thanksgiving and a great start to the holiday season for all. Take care.